Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Podcast, Zoe LA. We're a church in Los Angeles that is all about the person of Jesus. Thank you to every person that likes and subscribes, comments, shares this podcast. Our team and I, we are just looking at how many people listen to this podcast, and we are so thankful. People all over the world downloading and listening to the good word the good news of who god is and we're going to jump in today to a brand new series called all about the heart we're going to jump into matthew chapter 22 in just a moment but again i want to thank everyone that is our partner and that helps us uh get the message out you can text zoe to 77977 to anyone that'd like to start giving tithing or partnering with us to get the message of Jesus out. We'll send you a link right there if you text Zoe to 77977, or you can go to our website and you can give there. But let's jump in to week one of All About the Heart. We're starting a brand new series today, and I'll tell you the title of the series and where we're going. I want to start a new series for four weeks. The title is called All About the Heart. And I want to teach you or remind you that God is all about your heart. Remember, religion is all about the exterior, but grace is all about the interior. In fact, the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, you know, the fashion, the, 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 the watches or rings or earrings or the fashion. Man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. So in other words, God is not pleased or fooled by the outward. He's all about inside stuff. In fact, if you didn't know this today, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible gives us this amazing verse in the book of Revelation. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Jesus, the Messiah of the universe, is knocking on the door of your heart. Dash. And I was like, oh, sweetie, you know, um, you know when your mom gets ice cream dropped off at the door? That's DoorDash, okay? So, but Jesus is not like Amazon or DoorDash. He wants to come into the inside of your heart. And when he comes into your, into your world, he doesn't just post up, lazy boy recliner, what are we doing? He starts to get to work. He cleans out the clutter and the criticism and the, the garbage. He, he starts to do work because he knows that you live inside out. And he has a call for you. He has a future for you. He's got destiny. He's, God's got plans for you. He's got plans for your life. And so he wants to take residence in your heart so that he can fulfill what he's created you to do. Say, I don't know if you knew this, but God, he didn't start working on you the day you were born. No, our theology is when you were in your mother's womb, God says, I knit you together. Jeremiah says, you appointed me a prophet before the day I was ever born. So God had a plan for you. When you were in your mama, God was, he was putting things in there. He was giving you talent and character. He was giving you charisma and chemistry and personality and gifting and create. Anybody thankful today that God didn't have you in the go, what are we going to do? Before you were born, he knit you together. He wants to do something in your heart. He's in the heart business. Religion is in the behavior business. Grace is in the heart business. Religion does behavior modification. Grace does life transformation. 
changes your heart. Takes that stony, decrepit, nasty, abused heart and makes it as white as snow. And makes it brand new to thrive. If your heart is shattered in a million pieces today, oh, come to the altar. Good news to you. We serve the God that restores and redeems and revives. It's all about the heart. Now, it's amazing because, you know, sometimes you come to church and we talk about money at church and people get upset. Man, came to church. Talk about money. The reality is, is that God does not want your money. God wants your heart. And a lot of times money has your heart. So God in the Bible talks more about money than he does sex, than he does heaven or hell. He talks about money because he knows there's a string attached from your heart to your wallet. And he does not want your wallet to be your God. He wants to be your God. So he talks about money because a lot of times inadvertently, somehow, some way, money takes precedence or priority even over God. And God says it's impossible. You, can't, you cannot... You cannot do that. You'll not do well. You want to do well. By the way, God wants you to be blessed. And you will not be blessed if money is your priority and not God. If God is not first in your life, your whole life is out of order. But if God is first in your life, your whole life is in order. And if your life is in order, you'll live a blessed life. So God talks to us about money. He talks to us, by the way, money, let me just remind you what you already know. Money is a terrible master, but a terrific servant. And so we do not come under the tutelage of money. We are under the regime of God. God reigns, not money. So we don't serve money. We serve God. In fact, watch what, in fact, I want to just give, give you the title and then I'm going to read this scripture. But I want to preach a message today. It's called, No One Likes Second Place. This is, this is themed. This, is, this has been listed because we start the World Cup today. And ain't nobody flying to Qatar to be like, yeah, we're here for silver. We're going for bronze or broke. My son was, the other day, one of my boys was like, Dad, what's after bronze? Is there anything else? It's like, no. <laughs> Just like, you participated. <laughs> Which, by the way, I would be happy if the USA got bronze this time. I'd be happy, kind of, I'd be kind of low-key happy if we placed that high right now. It'd be a win for us. But no one likes second place, and God is unapologetic. He refuses to be second place in your life. He refuses to go, you know what? I know you're busy. I get it. Stuff going on. I culture. There's a looming recession. By the way, I heard a financial philosopher say about the looming recession that you need four things. You need to go out. The first thing you do is stuck your cupboards full of groceries. Go out and buy groceries. Second thing you do, pay your rent. Make sure you got roof over your head. Third thing, pay your utilities. Make sure you got electricity and your Wi-Fi works. Fourth thing, put gas in your car. Because if you've got food and you got shelter and you've got electricity and you've got gas, you'll live a great life. I want to add a fifth thing. I think above any of that, put God first and the rest will go in place. You don't just need food and shelter and some gas. You need God. 
So we don't worship money, we worship God. Watch what Jesus says in Matthew 22. Matthew 22, he replies to a religious leader, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. Jesus replied, it's easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is, it's somewhat similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. He said the second one's kind of like it's love, but the first one is loving God. The second one is for people, but they're both about loving. And I want you to love God with all your heart. I don't want like a portion or a sliver. I saw a survey that was on Twitter, whether there should be an account reinstated. And there was a vote, 51%, yes, this account should come back. 48%, no, this, this account should not come back. God doesn't want 51 or 48 or 75 and 20. God says, love God with all of your heart. I want you to be extreme about your heart. I want everything you got. I want, have you ever, have you ever loved something? Better question. Have you ever loved somebody? I was with a young man this last week and he was kind of walking like this and his head was down. I was like, my, and he's a happy guy. I was like, my man, you good? Like what's going on? He's like, man, I got dumped. And the way he was acting, I was like, it's your first love, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, first love. I was like, come here. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> I remember when I, when I fell in love with Julia. Julia, she lived two hours south of me. And, and so we, we dated long distance. And, and so I remember when, when I had free time, I would drive those two hours to go see my Julia. Those two hours felt like two minutes. I just, I was obsessed with this girl. I was going to win her. Oh, I had to win that girl. I had to fight for that girl. I had, first time I gave her, Julia a hug, she tapped me twice. I was like... First time, first time I told Julia, I love you, she said, thank you. Okay, so I had to work. <laughs> but I love this girl. God says, I want you to love God with all your heart. Love God with everything you got. Because you cannot love God and love money. See, I think the reality is, is that this is inadvertent. It's not like on purpose. Somehow, some way, money, financial pressure, the fiduciary reality of what you're going through, career, money somehow sneaks. It used to be in sixth, it got to third, it got to second, and now money is in front of God. And money, and by the way, Jesus says you cannot serve God in money. Watch what he says here. Look, look at this scripture in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's impossible. If you're trying to like, I want to serve God and I want to make money. Not, you're not going to, it's not going to, you can want to make money to fund God's kingdom and to do God's work. By the way, God does not need your money. God wants you. God is not in heaven going like, oh gosh, I'm just praying that you give because if you don't give, we can't keep the lights on. Now, I don't like when preachers are like, man, if you give, the work is going to continue. Fam, the 
The work's going to continue with or without you. It has nothing to do with God's work. It has everything to do with you being blessed. And you are not blessed if you serve money. You are blessed if you serve God. You are blessed if you say, God is my priority. Money is nebulous. Money is not evil. Money's not bad. Why does Jesus talk about it so much? Money's not bad. The love of money is the root of all evil. So I use money. It is a tool for good. It is not my God. It is not my identity. By the way, if you make money your identity, money has wings like an eagle. And the Bible says it can fly away. F-T-X. It flies away. Here today, gone tomorrow. Amen? And so I serve God who will never fly away. The grass could wither and the flower could fade, but the word of the Lord will endure. Don't make me flex my seersucker suit today. So who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve self? Are you going to serve money? Or are you going to serve God? And so money tells me a lot about where I'm at in my faith. And I don't know if you realize this, but there is a fight going on for your heart. So, there are two realities fighting for your heart. And I want you to write down number one today. Let God win the fight. Let God. God's fighting for you. God wants your attention. He wants your adoration. He wants your affection. So God is fighting for your heart. Fighting for your heart. Why? Because God knows what's best for you. God knows that these idols, they promise to deliver, but they can't. One time, the, the, the devil himself brought Jesus up to this huge mountaintop. And he says, look at all these kingdoms. I'll give them to you if you worship me. I'll, see, money says, I'll make you feel important. Money says, I'll make you feel significant. All the things that money promises, only God can deliver. All the thing that money says you'll have, only God can make. God will give you peace on your pillow. God will give you significance. God will give you joy. God will give you the thrill. God will give you. Money can't do that. It's that old song. If I could sing, I'd sing, can't buy me love. But I cannot, so I won't go into it. So just hear the melody in your head. Money cannot deliver. Only God can. And so you need to decide who's going to win the fight for your life. And how does God fight for you? Does God fight for you by telling you how bad you are and how much you've missed it? No, it is his kindness that always wins. Look here in Romans 2, 4. Look at what the Bible teaches us. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, now, do you presume on the riches of his kindness and his forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God's kind. The way that God wins your heart is he showers you with his love and he showers you with grace and he blesses you when you don't deserve it and he gives you forgiveness and he gives you acceptance and he gives you approval and he gives you compassion and he gives you his love and all of a sudden like you're like, God, you won. God, you win again. I, 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 I don't know how you do it. I don't, know, I don't know why you do it. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. But you win again. See, I believe that you need to understand. Watch this. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Watch as it comes onto the screen. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. 
what the Bible is saying, what God is trying to say to you is, even if you mess up and start to worship money, I'm not going to change my mind. Even if you turn your back and don't come to church, I'm not going to change my mind. Even if you're living in sin and have all kinds of issues, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to shower you. I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to... Who's going to win the battle for your heart? Because there's a battle. No one woke up this morning and is like, ah, they're fighting for me, aren't they? This is like the bachelor in paradise. They're wondering who's going to get the rose, aren't they? But the reality is God's, God's fighting for you. And he's fighting for you because he loves you. And not only is he in love with you, he has a plan for you. And he knows what's best for you. And there is, a, there is a, a, an other side, there's an alternative side that the Bible teaches wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The other side, or money, or idols, or anything from, this, from the enemy's camp. Remember growing up, you'd watch cartoons, and you'd have an angel on one side and the devil on the other side? And the angel's telling you all the good stuff. Root for the Lakers. Fall in love with the Lakers. And the devil's like, no, but the Clippers are playing better. And you're like, ah, get behind me, Satan. That's a word for somebody. But it's, it's bigger than cartoons. It's not like this angel, like, eat healthy. And the devil's like, have a McFlurry. That's not it's, it's like there's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. There's an assignment over your life of somebody that wants you to have no joy, no peace, no purpose. There's an alternative side that wants you in depression, wants you in self-loathing, wants you to get all kinds of uh, messed up, just, just addiction, low self-esteem, that is the one down this side. There is a God in heaven that is fighting for you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I've got a plan. You ain't seen nothing yet. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. I'm the God that was and the God that is to come. And I'll move heaven and earth to let you know you're my son and you're my daughter. Who's going to win? It's a choice. It's a choice. You gotta let you gotta open up the door. You gotta let God take residence. You gotta say, God, you won. You won me over. I will not let you be in second place. I will not let you be in seventh place. You are first in my life. You're the priority of my home. You're the priority of my checkbook. You're the priority of my future. So if God wins, write down number two. Seek God first. Seek God first. You start living the seek God first life. Watch what Jesus says. Look at this scripture in Matthew 6. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. In Spanish, we say mañana. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I don't know about you. But today, I got problems. Anybody else? Today, I have issues in my life. How about you? I got things I'm trying to sort in my world. How about your world? And tomorrow, we'll have enough worries in itself. Today, do I give my life to be bogged down by what's fifth place in my life? No. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. And seek living a righteous life. 
and everything else. By the way, can we just acknowledge it's just all the other stuff? All the other stuff will be added to you. Because at the end of the day, that's just stuff. That's just things. Even if they're good things. Like, let's say you need healing today. Instead of seeking healing, let's seek God. Maybe you need faith for your future. Instead of seeking faith, we don't seek faith. We seek God. Maybe you need a miracle check, finances. You need money. We don't seek finances. We seek God. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, I say, God, I love you with all my heart. You won the battle. I don't live for anything else. I'm not living for my name. I'm living for your name. I'm not living for things. I'm living for you. I'm not living for my kingdom. I'm living for your kingdom. So I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to live the God first life. All the other stuff is not important. My seven-year-old, the one that's really good at greeting people in church, he has this terrible addiction right now to screens. And we are, your phone's ringing. And we are, we are trying to work with our seven-year-old about his addiction to screens. So he comes home and he's like, you know, first thing he asks is for his Nintendo Switch. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, dad, he comes over to school and he's like, dad, I want to play Switch. And I'm like, I'm like, again. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 dad. I mean, no, son. No, son, you cannot play. And then he's like, he's like, I want to watch this movie. I want to watch this show. So he's got this thing with screens right now that he's like so into screens. And we have to sit him down and we're like, hey, son, I know that you love screens, but they are not as important as us and your family. And so before we watch screens, let's sit down and be like, how was your day today? How are you feeling? Or let's read a book. Or let's go clean my room. Like, let's do something. <laughs> Who am I preaching to today? Every parent was like, yes, it's a word. I think, I think you know, we laugh at like seven-year-olds and screens. But if we, could, if we could take a glimpse at our life, it's like we're seeking stuff that's not important. It's like if I could perch, if I could meet, if I could get, the, if I all just, I'm telling you once, you ever, you ever notice you got it and you're still not happy? So what's that about? The reality is, is that if you're single, marriage will not complete you. A spouse can compliment you, but it can't complete you. That job you want, I hope you get it, but it's not going to change anything on the inside. It's everything about God's heart stuff. He wants you to get to a place where you're like, dude, all of it's bonus, it's other stuff. But God told me that if I seek first his kingdom, all the stuff will be added unto me. I got to tell you, the battle that your life will always be in. I'm 43 years old. I have four chest hair and four children. The battle that I'm at as a 43-year-old. Some of you laugh too hard on that and I take it personal. Wicked and perverse generation. How much longer must I be with you? <laughs> the battle that I'm at at 43 is the vows and the commitments I made at 21. Can I still keep God first? That's why the Bible says, listen very carefully. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1, Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days draw near and you find no pleasure in them. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying serve God when you're, when you're young because difficult days are coming. What are difficult days? Diapers. Somebody say amen to that. 
Hannah, that was a word. Amen. Before the difficult day, in other words, it's easier to make commitments to God in your youth because the older you get, you're like, I got a lot on my plate and I don't know if I can put God first now. I don't care how old you are, start making the commitment to put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. They're just things. God will take care of you. So I want you to write down number three. I want you to practice to make progress. Now, just in life, you cannot promise perfection. I cannot, I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect friend. I'm not a perfect pastor. I'm not a perfect father. I cannot promise perfection, but I can promise progress. So I want to get good at putting God first. I want to get good at loving God with all my heart. How do I do that? Put your money into God's kingdom, and you will progress in God's kingdom taking the majority. Some of you are like, oh, man, I'm so far away from that. I'd love for God to be first, but I got a lot. I got a lot of fifth place, sixth place. I got bills. I got employees. I got stuff going on. I can't, how's God going to go all the way to one? The when, when you give money, God starts inching from seventh. He starts moving places all the way up till first place. Uh, it's like watching. Have you ever seen a track runner that was far behind in the relay race, and all of a sudden they get the baton, and all of a sudden they start passing everybody up, uh, passing, 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 and all of a sudden they get to that last stretch and you're like oh mg they just might do it and all of a sudden it's like Phew! when you start giving god might have been behind in your life but all of a sudden like wait a second three months ago i was in the club now i'm giving to god because you practice to make progress and when I, when I practice, when I practice putting my, my heart in his kingdom, I grow. Or a better way to say it is God grows in me. Behold, I stand at the door, I knock, and the Father and I will come in, we'll make home. Do you want God to have like a little confined space? Jesus lives in me. He's just in the back little den. Or do you want him to have residence? Do you want him to have full control? The choice is up to you. You get to decide how much God plays a factor in your life. And so when I give to God's people, watch the scripture. Watch what Jesus says. This is beautiful. He says this. He says, store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. And thieves do not break in and steal. That's a word for FTX right there. My God. <laughs> Destroy in heaven, not where people in the Bahamas are stealing all your money. Where, wherever you're, that's because that's where that guy was in reference, in, in context. Thank you. So no one makes a clip on social media anyways. So wherever your treasure is, <laughs> that's so dumb. Wherever your treasure, that I have to think about that. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Let me read it again. Because I was being facetious. I, I, forgive me. Wherever your money is, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart, the desires. Wherever your money is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So God's telling us something. He's saying, wherever you put your money, your money, your heart follows. So what comes first, money or heart? It's always money. Your heart follows your money. 
So he's saying, if I put my money in God's kingdom, my heart will be in God's kingdom. I'll make progress. I'll start to grow. So the more I put money, I'll never forget growing up, my dad, my dad in, the, in the 90s, uh, when I was like in middle school and high school, my dad started into the stock market. And when I was growing up, it was very intimidating to me because I didn't understand stocks. And so I knew that my dad was investing into a company based upon what was showing up at our doorstep. And so one day, my dad does not work out really. And so one day, my dad is downstairs in our house, and he's on a Nordic track. And I was like, well, I'd never heard of this. And I was like, so, well, Dad, what is this? He's like, spot this stock. Nordic track. It's great. Put a bunch of money into it. I'm like, okay. Next day, an Adidas box shows up. And I'm like, Dad, what, I thought we were a Nike family. We're saved by the blood of the lamb. What is this? And, and he's like, I bought some Adidas stock. We're, in, we're Adidas now. And whatever, whatever stock he was into, he would purchase. Because wherever your money is, your heart is. So if you want your heart to be with God's kingdom, you got to put money in there. Until you invest, you kind of like, my heart's in seven other places. But my heart's not really with God's people or God's, I got to tell you, just as an investor, we've invested into some churches that we've helped get off the ground and given a lot of money to in Atlanta or Hawaii. I'm telling you, I text these guys, how did it go? What's going on? What do you need? Why? Because we sent money. My heart is there. Because we gave away 1,600 bags of Thanksgiving. I don't just want to give the bags. My heart is with the people of Alta Loma, the people at Miguel Contreras, the people at John. Mac Elementary. Wherever your treasure is, your heart is. So the way that you make progress with God growing in your heart, if you want to go to another level of faith, you don't need a better worship playlist. Someone's like, I know how I'm going to grow on my faith. I'm going to watch a message on YouTube this week. Cool. Let's also Put our money there. Because God says when you do that, you store up treasure in heaven and your heart will be with my people and my kingdom. Here's the last thing. Worship team, come join me. I want you to understand that the, that the first fruits is the Jesus way. First fruits is Jesus. It is the Jesus way. When we put and we start giving to God's kingdom and we, we say, God, you're not going to be second place in my life. You're, gonna, you're not going to be fifth place in my life. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put gas in my car or, or pay AT&T or take care of, uh, of my Allstate insurance before you. You are first. No one likes second place, especially not God. God says, I come first. I make no apologies. Have no other gods before me. I'm not worthy of third. I am not worthy of fourth. Whatever you get for that, I am worthy of first. And I make no apologies. I will not compete with anyone. I will fight for your heart until I win. Until I'm first. Until my kingdom and this is all you seek. I'm first. It's above your name. It's above your agenda. It's about your career. Some of us, our biggest problem is our biggest idol is self. We are in front of God. What we want, what we're going for, what, how successful we want to be, we can manipulate it and we can just decorate it in any which way. But the bottom line is you're in front of God. You're one and God's third. We got to change it today. Because if your life is out of order, everything is out of order. But if God is first in your life, your whole life is in order. Some of us have to stop living on the throne. Because Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow me, and by the way, you are not invited to a church, 
You've been invited to follow a way. And the person of the way is Jesus. He said, if anybody wants to follow me, they must pick up their cross daily and deny themselves. It's a daily dying. It's a daily dying saying, get up and say, no, I'm not living for me. I'm not living for stuff. I'm not living for fame. I'm not living for wealth. I'm not living for all this stuff. I'm living for God. I'm not going to seek all these other things. LA, LA is so funny because LA is like, you need, a, you need a trainer and you need a, you need a dietitian and you need a lawyer and you need a therapist and you need this person and you need that. No, you're not. you need Jesus. Don't you believe the lie of our culture that you need all these other things? You need a God man. You need a savior. You need an alpha. You need an omega. You need a bright and morning star. You need the lion of the tribe of Judah. You need the bread of life. You need the great I am. You need the cornerstone. You need Jesus. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to finish. I'm sorry. It's the, it's the sear sucker. It suckers me in every time. So the other day, the other day, because all of LA has a cold or whatever we have for the fourth week in a row. I'm so sick of blowing my nose. I'm sick of the suffering. And so a couple nights ago, my, my four-year-old climbs into bed with us at 3.30 in the morning and he's loud. He's like, I wish he had a dimmer pack. And there was an anger setting and a volume setting. I would just turn down. And so he's really loud and he wakes me up and I'm usually I can fall back asleep but I just couldn't fall back asleep. So now I'm on my phone. And I'm on my phone, and it was payday. It was the 15th. It's like 4 in the morning. So I see, we got paid. Hey. Who doesn't like payday? Just to see it for a second. We know it's going to go away quickly, but just to see it. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to screenshot it and look at it later. <laughs> Before she got a hold of my money, we were blessed. <laughs> so we got paid. We look at. I look at it, and I'm, I'm 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 being very transparent with you right now. I can't get it out of my account fast enough. I can't get it out fast enough because the Bible says the tithe belongs to God. So when you get paid, you could do one of two things. You can return it to God, or you can keep it. But it's not yours. It's his. Have you ever had something of somebody else and you wanted to get back very quickly because you knew how expensive it was? Like you borrow a car or a few years ago I was in Australia and one of my buddies let me wear his jacket. It was July, which is winter in Australia. We're going out, and I didn't have a jacket. He said, you wear this jacket. I put on the jacket, and it was like so expensive. I felt like the jacket was going, you know I cost a lot. I had never put on such a garment before. Like the jacket was kind of like, you know you're not made for this. 
So long story short, I wore it that night and we got back and I, I gave the jacket back. And my friend says to me, wow, wow. Usually I was expecting people just take my stuff. Thank you for giving it back. When God gives you money, it's a test. It's a test. Will you pass the test? And the test is, are you going to keep it? or you? I'm four in the morning. I'm like, can't get it back to him fast enough. Get on our website. Ties and offerings, gone. Because it's the first fruits life. It's the Jesus way. Jesus, the firstborn amongst creation. God gave his first and his best. We don't want our hearts to be wrapped up in self. We want our hearts to be wrapped up in God. I'm just encouraging you today. Give God the best. It's not worthy of second. And we know it, don't we? <laughs> it kind of haunts us. Kind of like trying to live your life, do your thing, and there's something in the back of your head. Maybe it's the angel that's kind of like, hey, you know better. You were raised right. Who are you kidding living for self? You know this is about me and my kingdom. Don't you live for pride? Don't you live for self? Don't you live for self-satisfaction? Don't you live in greed? Don't you live for money? Live for God. I want to get to heaven and I want to hear those words. You were a good steward with what I gave you. You were a good steward with what I put in your hand. All the way that you handled money. Come on, nothing says more about the way you steward what God has put in your possession. So I'm just encouraging you that it's all about the heart. It's not about money, it's about heart. And if God has your heart, he's got everything you got. You say, Lord, I don't have any. I didn't bring nothing into this world. I'm not taking anything out of this world. I don't care what I got. Blessed be the name of my God. Give him a praise today if you're grateful that grace has called your name. Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus, we love you.